Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Jen Lofgren about fostering a resilience mindset as a leader and in supporting your people. Jen Lofgren, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks for having me, John. Yeah, I'm excited to have the chance to chat with you. Uh, you have a really interesting background, and I'll share your bio with the listeners in just a moment. Um, uh, but today we're going to be focusing on the topic of resilience. Uh, resilience for leaders and having a, a, a resilience mindset. Um, I think that's particularly important given this moment that we're in with all the political um, and social unrest with the pandemic, uh, organizations grappling, trying to figure out what they're gonna do, how they're gonna stay afloat. So resilience is really important uh, for leaders for themselves, but it's also really important for leaders as they consider how to best support their people because their teams and the people that, um, that they lead are also dealing with a lot of heightened stress, anxiety, uh, and personal uh, and workplace challenges as well. So I think resilience all the way around is a really important uh, topic. I'm excited to have the chance to explore that with you today. As we get started, I'm going to um, share Jen's bio with all the listeners. Uh, master certified coach, speaker, and facilitator, Jen Lofgren has worked with executives and entrepreneurs across North America and worldwide, helping them grow into inspired, authentic leaders, promoting empathy and courage within leadership Jen's coaching uh, balances caring and inspiration with practical action. Jen works closely with her clients to develop a leadership mindset rooted in self-awareness and emotional intelligence. She is dedicated um, and a champion of enterprise and community, bringing a combination of business acumen and understanding of the bigger picture to every opportunity. Jen is a dynamic leader in her own right, serving on numerous professional and nonprofit boards and has been recognized as one of Canada's top 100 most powerful women by the Women's Executive Network and one of Mount Royal University's outstanding alumni. She is also a regular contributor to Forbes. Uh, again, what a great bio. Um, just learning more about you, I can see there's a lot of overlap between your passions and interests in the work that you do and, and my passions, interests, and work. And uh, this will be a really great discussion. Anything you want to add um, by way of background or context before we really dive on in? Uh, I, I think uh, one other piece I might add is I know from uh, a personal resilience perspective, being an entrepreneur and starting uh, in Saito Executive and Leadership Development in 2009 and uh, economic disaster and downturn many years ago and what that was like for me personally and 
I've been through all kinds of challenges in my personal and professional life. So I also bring that perspective, not only working with clients as their coach, but also my own personal experiences to our conversation to bring some of that color and that um, knowing what it's like to work on my own resilience. Yeah. And we all are dealing with it, aren't we? I, I think yeah. every, people have different um, situations that they're dealing with and um, different struggles, but I think everyone uh, has their challenges that they're dealing with and it's resilience is, is what we come back to again and again and again, as we try to make sure that we're making the most of the, the circumstances that we're in, uh, that we're responding to adversity in a productive way and that ultimately that we'll be able to put our best uh, foot forward. Um, so why do you think it is such an important skill for leaders? Uh, I, I think a lot of times when we discuss resilience, we, we tend to focus first on um, helping our people become more resilient. Obviously that's super important too. Uh, but why as a leader do I need to foster a resilience mindset and make sure that I'm also keeping an eye on self-care and making sure that I'm where I need to be? Well, I talk with a lot of leaders about this is the hardest job you'll ever do because as a leader, you make decisions that have never been made before. There's, there's not a playbook. There, you're creating a new future. You're stepping into new organizational projects, new direction, new strategy that no one's ever done before. And if they've ever done something like it, they've never done it within the context of your role, your organization, and the vulnerability of that. And often when we're talking about resilience, it's how do I come back from setbacks, losses, disappointments? And that's an important part of resilience is how do we reset after those challenging situations but more importantly, as a leader, it's that proactive piece. It's starting with the full gas tank is an essential part of resilience. It's awfully hard to bounce back when you're starting with a glass ball. You're thinking about resilience as a ball. And if it doesn't have that reactive energy and that bounce to it to start with, what I call a full gas tank, then when you get to that challenge, that setback, that hard decision, it's awful hard to bounce back or work your way through it if you're not starting with that full gas tank. And it really is a fundamental piece to a leadership mindset um, to help you let go of even being that frontline expert and support your team and stepping into vulnerability with you rather than stepping into their roles and instead trusting them and partnering with them because you, you don't have that pent up anxiety within you that's driving you to react all the time. That full gas tank actually allows you to step back and see the bigger picture, to set more vision, to be more present in those relationships while still feeling the vulnerability of it along the way. And I really do see it as needing a shift from that reactive, okay, how do I come back from and bounce back? of where am I even starting from? And what, what am I coming into tough situations with? Not even knowing if they're gonna be a hard situation or not. Yeah, and the reality is as a leader, you are bombarded, right? You're getting it from all sides. You have a, a, a tremendous weight on your shoulders. You're, you have pressure on you all the time. And that's 
even setting aside like a pandemic situation, <laughs> setting aside all of the other contexts that we're in right now, like just the day to day of a normal experience as a leader, you're going to have things thrown at you constantly. And, um, and so having the resilience mindset, like you said, with the, with the tank all the way full, it allows you to approach that day in, day out grind and pressure um, in a different manner. And rather than, like you said, rather than being reactive, you can be proactive. So many leaders spend the vast majority of their time just trying to be reactive and put out fires constantly. And, and then they feel good because, you know, look at all these things I checked off my list, all the fires I put out today. And, well, and that's good. I suppose if, if, if some, an emergency arises, you need to be able to respond to it. <clears throat> but if we're only ever being reactive and we're only ever putting out fires, that means we're not having the time to focus on our people. That means we won't have the time to have a strategic mindset and to really focus on the big picture areas. Um, that, that means we won't have the time to innovate and be creative. And ultimately, we're going to be ruled by the challenges we face rather than the opportunities that are before us. Uh, so I think I, I love how you frame resilience because it's not just about how we respond to the really tough situations, but it's, it's how we even approach them in the first place um, before they even happen, right? And just setting the context for a dynamic, collaborative environment with our people where we together can tackle the, the issues that uh, come and that we can empower our people enough so that they can resolve and, and respond to their own crises and challenges without feeling like they have to come to us to put out the fires every single time something arises. And you make me think of, um the Eisenhower model or Franklin Covey's urgent important matrix I often talk about with clients and looking at, okay, where's your time going? And you make me think about the connection between that and resilience. Are you spending all your time managing the day-to-day, -day, those day-to-day -day fires that are the scope of your role or things that other people are coming to you for to get your help in fixing? Are you spending 100% of your time there? Or are you spending your time in what Covey calls the important but not urgent. And those are those things of strategic planning, innovation, or having a one-on-one -on -one with a team member, or making time for coffee with a peer in your leadership team, or maybe a mentor out in the business community to build your strategic thinking, to move that critical thinking forward on uh, your strategy for the years ahead, to work on innovation and move it forward in those small increments over time keeps you from living in reactive all the time yet it's so vulnerable to spend time in those areas when as you said you're bombarded every day with all kinds of requests and developing that ability to pause and to make conscious decisions and how you're spending your time and sometimes letting the fire burn a little longer so that long term there won't be a fire in the future that all comes into that um, mindset and recognizing that those challenges that are in front of you are um, shifting your mindset to recognizing that they're an opportunity for growth, an opportunity to step back and look at the bigger picture. And taking those, those pause moments brings you into that 
uh, spending time on the important, not just the urgent. Because if we spend all our time on the urgent, we never get to what's important. We never climb out of the hole that we're in. There's a never ending flow of fires one behind the other. And that breeds that anxiety that erodes at your resilience over time. Yeah, and and probably everyone listening has been in that situation where you've had managers, supervisors, leaders who have taken the reactive, putting out fires, kind of constant crisis mode form of leadership. Uh, and it is wearing. It's wearing, obviously, on the leader. It's wearing on the, on the team. Uh, I, I can think of one particular um, uh, leader that I worked for years and years ago, and that was his approach. Like, it was just constant crisis mode. And that, that um, really takes its toll over time. And everyone starts to just feel that stress and an anxiety, the anxiety surrounding it. And, you know, for this leader, actually, he seemed to thrive in that situation. I suppose some people can thrive in that, in that kind of a um, style and context. Um, but a lot of people don't. Probably most people don't. Most people will do much better if they can just um, find it calm and, and work together to, to tackle problems. And it's all about how we approach it in the first place. So we can avoid a lot of the anxiety, a lot of the, the difficult challenges just by being proactive, just by um, fostering a culture of collaboration and empowerment uh, within our teams. So, oh, yeah. go ahead. I, I think the one red flag or you know, practical um, way that a leader can recognize when resilience is something that they might benefit from building more of is hearing yourself say i have no choice anytime you say i have no choice is a flag and recognizing that resilience might be an area to continue to develop further or to step back into some practices around resilience to bring you back to choice Yeah, I love that. Um, it, it's all about volition, agency, and choice, right? Uh, we want to make sure that that we have options. And when you feel backed into a corner repeatedly, consistently over time, um, that will take its toll uh, for sure. And then you usually don't end up making as good of decisions either. Um, yeah. Certainly not long-term sustainable decisions because you're just trying to get through the moment and, and you're focused on the short-term immediacy of the issue. I also really like the the Covey matrix that you referenced. I, I think that's it's a it's a very simple, easily understandable way of of um, understanding how we go about our daily activities, our daily tasks, and it's it's a it's a good reminder to all of us to to focus, you know, to what we should really be putting our focus on. So you you just mentioned you know one thought about you know the kind of that practical aspect of resilience. Um, what, what, how else do you think leaders can learn to practice resilience um, on an ongoing basis? You know, thinking about like some of, some of the very specific types of things they can start to do today to, to put themselves in a better frame of mind. Well, I think one of them is recognizing that internal dialogue and learning a little bit about um, Carol Dweck's The Growth Mindset. She talks about there's a dramatic difference between 
I can't do that and I can't do that yet. And how I see it show up with leaders is I hear that, but I hear other ways that they go from a focus on self instead of a focus on behavior. And it can be, I made a stupid decision versus I am stupid, or I made a mistake versus I made it, I'm stupid, or I made a stupid decision. And the language and noticing the language that you're using is an important first step because until you're aware of the language that's showing up internally for you, you can't start to shift it. And when you recognize it, you can move from personalizing it uh, and blaming yourself when bad things happen to looking for, okay, I notice that taking a breath and asking yourself, what am I learning here? What's the behavior? And directing yourself to the behavior, just like you would if you were going to be giving feedback to a team member and helping them see the impact of a behavior and how they can change, applying that to yourself. But the first step is noticing, are you in this growth mindset of, I made a mistake, or that wasn't the best decision, and what can I learn from it, to I'm a failure, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm not living up to being a good leader, and personalizing it. Another one is this idea of self-compassion and self-compassion we learn from Kristen Neff is different from self-esteem and self-esteem we rely on telling ourselves we're above average but if we're all above average then the average goes up and it's something we're always chasing and self-compassion is about an acceptance of who we are and where we are even if we're in struggle or we're experiencing a failure and uh, there's a tool that I often uh, introduce my clients to from Kristen Neff on her website, which is self-compassion.org. She's got some amazing guided meditations. Some, most of them are 20 minutes, but she's got one that's just five minutes to practice that self-talk of self-compassion and accepting where you are in struggle. And an important piece of resilience is accepting struggle and not just pushing past it so that you can go in with that full gas tank and positive self-talk into any situation. And I think a last one is spend time as a leader, getting off the hamster wheel in those day-to-day -day fires and spending time reflecting on your work, on your own goals, your personal goals, your own values, what's happening for you and spending even just 10 minutes a week makes a huge difference in this area. It doesn't have to be an hour journaling. It can be five minutes a day, 10 minutes a week, just spending some time reflecting on your work, your goals, your values, and what you want. And all of these things require us to slow down and press the pause button on whatever the task list for the day is or the a email box and not jumping into it and spending that dedicated time yourself. Yeah, I love, <clears throat> excuse me, I love those ideas. Um, I, I think self-reflection, taking the opportunity to quiet our minds um, is really, really important, particularly, especially when we find ourselves amidst times of stress, times of struggle. Um, and it's, it's in those moments where we quiet our mind and where we can really stop and reflect that we're going to have probably some of our most um, inspired moments where we 
can start to understand, you know, a way out, like a, a way to respond, a new creative way to leverage the, op uh, the opportunity that the challenge puts before us. Because usually when we're faced with a challenge, it, you know, as difficult as it, it may be in that moment, there, there's also usually some sort of an opportunity that manifests itself out of that challenge. Uh, and then it's a matter of, you know, the old cliche of, you know, um, make it a stepping stone instead of a stumbling block. Um, and the way we approach it uh, will make a big, big difference. I'm, I'm wondering if we can talk a little bit now about people on our team. So how can a leader instill and encourage resilience in his or her team within his or her organization now that hopefully they, they're, you know, developing and cultivating that, that resilience mindset in themselves? You know, I think the first thing is modeling it yourself and dropping the hustle. It's working really hard to let go of being right or being in control or being liked, letting go of saying yes to everything that comes across your desk, including saying yes to your team members and starting to uh, bring in some boundaries. I talk to a lot of the leaders I work with that are trying to work on resilience with their team and starting with resilience themselves and looking at what boundaries do you have in place and modeling that for your team. And then starting to work with your team, now that they've seen it's okay for you to do it, building permission with them to create their own boundaries and having conversations with your team members, whether it's maybe a half an hour a week, a half an hour every couple of weeks, where you're connecting with them beyond the day-to-day -day tasks, helping them reflect on what's important to them, their personal values, their own growth, what they're learning about their values are the team's values. And I don't mean the posters on the wall. I'm actually not a fan of the posters on the wall, but are you talking to them about what's important and how they're making decisions and what's hard for them? But it starts first by dropping the hustle yourself so that they see it's safe for them to do so with you because they really can't do it until they see it modeled from you. Yeah, I completely agree. Modeling is so important. And, and regard, people don't care what you say so much as they care about what you do. So I, I'm a believer in using language, you know, framing vision, um, you know, inspiring people. I, I think doing it authentically and then following it up with um, appropriate action, that's super important. But, it, but the words themselves don't make the difference, right? So I can tell my people over and over again, you know, you need to take some time for yourself, focus on yourself, make sure you use your vacation days, make sure that you're taking time for self meditation, um, so on and so forth. But if I never do that myself as a leader, if I never take vacation days, if I never, if no one ever observes me just silently contemplating um, or taking moments, you know, then they're not going to do it because they, they will not feel safe to do it. So modeling, um, first and foremost, is, is super important. And then once you're showing it through your behavior, then having the discussions and reinforcing it verbally through the conversations that you have with your team members, um, in trainings, in, you know, even if you do have a poster on the wall or whatever, if it reinforces what is actually seen in the behaviors and in action, then it, it can have a positive influence. And it's, 
I like how you said, you know, and then talking about it. You may be modeling it in your behavior, but your team members might not get a chance to observe it and see it. They may not see that you go and you prep for potentially a hard conversation uh, beforehand by reaching out to a mentor or talking to someone in that's a peer in the leadership team, but sharing that with your team members and making it more transparent so they can see those things that you model but they don't experience in their day-to-day -day interactions with you makes it safer for them. And I think that reminds me of, I think a lot of the things I talked about of what a leader can do to develop, they were more internal focused things, reminds me one of the external things that's important for leaders in developing is who's on your own personal org chart and are you reaching out to them? What's your support team? And are you preparing before stepping into a difficult conversation or you're struggling with a difficult decision? Are you reaching out to one of those people on your own personal support team, whether they're in or outside the organization to talk about tough things before you step in to help you prepare? And when things don't go well or they go well, are you keeping those people in your process and they're able to enjoy your successes with you you can celebrate them that builds your resilience and fills your gas tank but also helps you with things that don't go well that external reaching out is so critical and doing that for your team members but also sharing it with them so that they're reminded that they, they can't just bear the burden of everything by themselves that internal reflection and mindset piece is really important but to build that you also need to include others in that process and reach out to them both proactively and and then reactively when things go well and when things don't go well. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, Jen, it has really been a pleasure talking with you. We're about out of time. We could go on and on and on about the importance of resilience, how to foster a resilience mindset, how to um, focus on ourselves as leaders first and then um, model for, for our people and help to develop resilience amongst our teams. Um, but I think this was at least a good start. Um, and perhaps we can continue this discussion at a future date. Um, before we leave today though, I want to give you a chance to share with the listeners how they can get connected with you, uh, learn more about the work that you're doing and perhaps reach out to you if, if they need assistance in any of these areas that we've been discussing. Thanks, John. Uh, there's one resource I wanna leave people with I didn't get a chance to mention and around mindset. It's a great book by uh, David Emerald. It's called The Empowerment Dynamic and helps people look at moving from this idea of I have no choice into choice and moving from a victim or rescuer uh, to a creator and a coach and that choice mindset. And to stay in touch with me, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm really active and involved in link the LinkedIn community and they can find me on my website at insito.ca. Excellent, thank you, thank you. Uh, well, I encourage my listeners to reach out to Jen, get connected, reach out, um, find ways to collaborate and work together. Uh, Janet, it's been a real pleasure talking with you today, and I hope everyone stays healthy and safe. I hope you can all find meaning and purpose in work daily, and I hope everyone has a great week. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.